Hello everyone, happy Tuesday, and that's Work From Home by Fifth Harmony, and you guessed it, we are going to be talking about work today, so without further ado. Nothing makes you feel more like a speck in the vastness of humanity than reading about early human history. One such fact, the oldest known cave painting discovered in Spain has been dated to be older than 64,000 years just blows my mind trying to put it in context. Fast forward many lifetimes, the more modern style of picture-based communication of Egyptian hieroglyphics dates back to only 3200 BC, a more meager 5,220 years ago. One could say adoption has been slow since it was just in the last 10 years we've seen this form of communication adopted more broadly. Smiley face. Invented in 1997 by SoftBank, yes, the Masa SoftBank, emojis, literally translated as picture character in Japanese, have become the modern-day hieroglyphic language, successfully cementing itself as an essential aspect of society. You can view this following a YouTube documentary uh, as definitive proof. And in the written piece, I, I link a, a emoji documentary from YouTube. As the fake David Attenborough put it in this documentary, we use emojis to enhance our style and reflect our moods and personalities. In short, they convey an emotion that text-based communication lacks. Once it gains enough value, what you use in your personal life will inevitably leak into your professional life. I remember when I first started working at Microsoft, using emojis were seen as unprofessional and sophomoric. But soon enough, as tech trends shifted, people caught on to the value. Later on in my career, as a joke, I made a fake white paper titled Strategic Placement of Smiley Faces in Corporate Email. Let me know if you need a copy of that. It's an understatement to say emojis are central to how we communicate, even at work, but it's just one way we bridge the gap between two people that are not in the same room. There have been a tremendous amount of change in the last year, and in today's piece, I wanted to dive into those changes and what it holds for the future by covering three different topics. Number one, finding tone. Number two, video is a commodity. And number three, so what's next? Finding tone. From the moment we transitioned away from exclusively doing work in person, we've been trying to balance velocity with familiarity. The evolution took us from letters, memos, phone calls, emails, IMs, conference calls, group chats, to finally video-based communication. In each step, it improved how we could identify and show tone in our communication, ultimately landing us in real-time video-based communication, where we're still figuring out the best way to see and feel everyone. And in the text piece, I show a GIF of uh, Microsoft Teams together mode. With the advancements, 
we've made in the last decade with internet bandwidth and codecs and protocols, video as a medium for the foreseeable future will be at the center of how we communicate when we're not all together. Real-time video-based communication truly saved the entire economy over the last year. What would we have done if the pandemic had happened in 1991 instead of 2021? Anarchy. Uh, with the many Zoom or team calls, we quickly saw the fatigue that came with it. Video is a commodity. The Zoom fatigue made it pretty apparent that we needed a new way of working. So we slowly adapted from constant meeting cells we were in last April to a more balanced, asynchronous working style-ish. Great, uh, we're sort of doing asynchronous work, but are tools and processes optimized for that? Yeah, not quite. No better example of the chaos than stepping into a slack of a moderately sized company. I've spent a good chunk of numerous days trying to find a post, comment, or chat, sifting through the many layers of communication. I come from the school of Kevin Kwok, and frankly, we, always, we should always be doing work where it actually lives. But unfortunately, I've had too many instances where I've seen specs written within a group chat. Though we will always need a catch-all app, uh, a messaging app, we could reduce our dependency on it if we had a pervasive communication layer weaved through all our productivity apps. Back in 2013, Instagram released messaging within their app. My first thought was, what? Why? I went to Instagram to view, comment, and like pictures. Never did I imagine that messaging and sharing will be embedded in all of our social apps eight years later. Messaging seeps into all apps was not the first time we've heard this story. Benedict Evans, a partner at A16Z, in a recent podcast, recalls a, a story. There's this like ancient 30 or 40-year-old joke that all software expands until it can do email. And any that doesn't will get replaced. And so that's sort of morphed into, you know, all messaging tries to add documents and documents tries to add messaging. In the coming years, we'll see video follow suit just like its predecessors and be integrated into all the apps we use as well. Video will become a commodity, just like messaging, documents, emails, feeds, and stories in the past. So what's next? Though we'll never know how things might have panned out if the pandemic didn't happen, we do know the past year has brought on three main catalysts for change. Number one, a desire to understand tone better. Number two, a desire to contextual where we talk about work. Number three, a desire to up-level the conversation to higher fidelity. Through these observations, the exciting part as a product builder is charting, charting the future behavior and building towards that. These are a few things I foresee. Video, the hot commodity. The need for higher fidelity in our conversations, regardless if it's synchronous or not, will lead to apps to start adopting collaboration and context to work at hand. 
Real-time video and audio as a first-class medium combined with messaging will become that connective tissue that transcends all the different apps and truly eliminates the catch-all and the chaos that messaging apps can be today. We already see the start of this within Figma, uh, the design app. Their DNA from day one has been baking in collaboration as a first-class tool into their product. Nothing can prove that better than the magic of following someone else's mouse cursor in context as they share a design iteration. The next natural step is to up-level that fidelity with AV instead of relying on another app to provide that today. Just like Figma, apps not only will start taking a collaboration-first approach to how they design and build tools, but they will also need to, at some point, fold an AV to complete the overall lifecycle. API-first companies. As scenes shift from the office to being distributed wherever the worker is, it will get even more complex for enterprise software to meet every customer's needs. The first few months of the pandemic opened my eyes to see how people are adapting to this new world and using our product in ways we had not thought about before. I don't believe that's a blip, especially as we continue to adopt remote as a norm. Companies like Agora and Twilio provide the Legos that companies can put together for their unique needs. Platforms provide endless use cases and allow the collective user base to develop new and unique ways to get ish done. We'll continue to see companies lean in towards providing the foundational tools and convert complexity into APIs. Ecosystem or zoom out. Going from text-first synchronous workflow to one that puts video at the forefront will be challenging for many. Still, the proper tools and seamless integration into existing workflows will go a long way in making the transition smooth. So where does that leave the current video conferencing incumbents, Zoom, Google, and Microsoft? The primary outcome of the thesis is that the center of gravity will shift from a dedicated video conferencing application to the application where you're actually doing work. Towards that, Google and Microsoft have a tremendous upper hand since they own the ecosystem with G Suite and Office 365. By holding the pieces of where people do work, it's a matter of exposing entry points to record a video or start your meeting. Both Google and Microsoft recently announced just that at their recent developer conferences. Zoom is in a tricky spot. The pandemic has made them synonymous with video conferencing, just like Kleenex, Xerox, or Google. But their outlook with a lack of a suite is in danger as we move towards a more integrated, seamless video experience. Though much of the worry for them would be in the enterprise due to the distributed nature of work, and that most of the money they make is through large enterprise contracts, this could also be an issue on the consumer side as well. For example, Airbnb started a line of educational events called experiences during the pandemic, during the early pandemic era. They offered experiences such as Zen yoga from Thailand or taco making from Mexico. Today, users book these events and are given a Zoom link in their email to join in. 
it's a bit clunky since users are moved to another service where they'd have to install a whole separate app, causing a critical friction point. What Airbnb should be doing, and I'm guessing it's in the works, is keeping users all within their ecosystem by embedding the experience right within their website. Airbnb 1, Zoom 0, if we're keeping score. So what does Zoom do now? As a leader of Just Works video conferencing, they didn't miss a beat as everyone piled onto their service early in the pandemic. They do quality, performance, and scale really well. That is their bread and butter, and frankly, their moat. However, to align with future trends, they'll need to lean in in the following ways. Number one, extend. Get their functionality everywhere, into every website or app that needs video. Build all their functionality to be accessible via their APIs or SDKs. Or better yet, by Agora. Number two, enhance. There's a lot more than just the other person when it comes to video. As they make video pervasive, the engagement enhance enhancement layer that sits on top of videos will be more critical. They have a perfect opportunity to own that layer uh, to be the pioneer with AR and VR on the horizon. Number three, equip. As more companies start adopting their underlying services, Zoom will sit in the middle of a critical layer. They'll be the AWS of video. And one advantage is that they can chart out trends based on usage and get ahead of the curve. The new norm. Office work as we know it today dates back to post-war America. Suburbs were shiny new objects, which spawned the modern-day commute. Air travel was getting cheaper, which allowed for satellite offices. Finally, and most importantly, the corporation embodied what the leaders knew the best, a hierarchy, communication, and ways of doing work that resembled the military. With the advent of the modern-day corporation also came the ways of doing business, the structures, processes, waterfall, check-in, status meetings, scrum, and everything in between. All were contextually optimized and refined based on a, f on a few key assumptions, none more critical than synchronous in-person work. Once we remove that fundamental assumption, we're just trying to jam a circle peg into a square hole. Instead, like building products, we should hone in our first principles and think of ways to optimize the work we do bottoms up, now assuming that we cannot all be doing things in person and together. Suppose all goes right and we build a tool that allows for high fidelity communication towards an optimized asynchronous office culture. Yeah, that was a mouthful. Then undoubtedly, the most significant impact we should see is a drastic decrease in meetings and ultimately more time for doing actual work. Well, I guess that's wishful thinking. We'll see how that pans out. Hey everyone, just a quick editor's note. So yeah, this week's episode took a bit longer than I anticipated. Uh, just a bit of reflection. Um, I initially had a grand plan of doing something completely different, um, you know, taking a larger view of this topic, but decided I needed a few more other episodes to preface that before I get into the larger discussion. So really uh, condensed it, uh, even though I condensed it, I had so much to say. So 
Um, that's why it took a little bit longer. Um, it was 2,000 words, but as the title suggests, or the series title suggests, it should be 500. So I guess um, I should be uh, really cutting a lot. So um, hopefully I can get in a rhythm uh, in the next few weeks to really uh, sh- write just a very condensed um, piece on a certain topic. So yeah, it's it's a challenge, but it's you know, hopefully I get better and we'll see. Uh, I'm excited for the next few weeks. I have a few good topics that I wanted to um, talk about. So yeah, uh, with that, here's your outro to work from home. We can work tomorrow.